The Free Vision app is where you'll find a growing range of on-demand audio and video to help you look to God daily. Search Vision Christian Media in your app store. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Have you ever said or done something you regretted? You thought, oh, if only I could relive that moment. Yeah, unfortunately, we can't go back and change the past. But here's the good news. God gives second chances. Pastor Greg Laurie says there's hope beyond our failures and regrets. We can move ahead and leave that baggage behind. You don't have to keep going back and reliving your past over and over again. And if you've messed up, He'll forgive you and give you a second chance. This is the day when the lost are found. This is the day for a new beginning. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Again you hear all the angels are singing. This is the day, the day when life begins. Have you ever had a tough stain on a piece of clothing? Maybe you tried to wipe it clean, maybe you tried vinegar and bicarb soda, or one of those revolutionary new products that's guaranteed to work. Or maybe you took it to a professional, but when you got it back, the stain was still there. Sometimes our lives have stains like that, and the embarrassment never goes away. Today on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie takes us to a reassuring story in God's Word. We'll see that the Lord can treat the stains of our lives. I want to talk about a guy who really lost his temper. We're in a series on the life of Moses. We're calling it Water, Fire, Stone. And Moses had quite the temper. And he literally just loses it. Because the Israelites seem to have spiritual amnesia. They seem to be forgetting all that God had done for them over the many years. How God provided them food every single day right outside of their tent door and it was called manna. How God directed them with a fire by night and a cloud by day. How God watched over them. How God parted the Red Sea for them but they forgot. So they were thirsty. And they said, we're thirsty, Moses. And you know, have you brought us out in the wilderness so we would just die of thirst? And so Moses and Aaron go and pray in the tabernacle. That's a tent that they set up to meet God in. And the Lord gives them a clear direction. The Lord says, Moses, I want you to go to the rock and I want you to speak to it and water will come out. Now on another occasion, God had directed Moses to go to a rock and strike it with his staff and water came out. But this time the Lord said, don't strike it. Just speak to the rock and the water will come and satisfy the thirst of the people. Well, let's see what happened. Numbers chapter 20, verse 10. He and Aaron summoned the people to come and gather at the rock and he shouted, listen, you rebels, must we bring you water from this rock? Then Moses raised his hand and struck the rock twice with a staff and water gushed out. So the entire community and their livestock drank their fill. There's a number of things that went wrong here. What did the Lord tell him to do? The Lord said, speak to the rock. No, another time the Lord said, strike the rock with a staff. You know, God will lead us differently in different situations. Sometimes he'll have us do it one way 
and another time he'll have us do it another way. Jesus never dealt with any two people in exactly the same way. When you see Jesus with Nicodemus, the religious man, he spoke to him in a certain way and said certain things. When you see Jesus with the woman at the well, it's quite different. When you see Jesus in the home of Zacchaeus, it, again, it's different. So the Lord will lead you in different ways. Be open to the leading of the Lord. Don't be like some robot that does it the same way every time. That's my imitation of a robot. Be open to the leading of the Spirit. So the Lord said, speak to the rock. Moses hits the rock not once, but twice. And so that's because of his great anger. And anger is something we need to get under control. Hmm. Especially in marriage, right? You know, when I meet young couples that want to get married, they'll come to me and say, oh, Pastor Greg, will you marry us? And I'll say, how long have you known each other? Oh, we've known each other for a year. Oh, great. And then I'll ask him this. Have you ever had an argument and they might say, no, not once. We've never disagreed about anything. I'll say, get out of my office right now and go have a good fight. Because <laughs> you have to learn how to resolve conflict when you're married. And when I say a good fight, I obviously am not referring to anything physical. But I'm talking about learn how to disagree. Because so often you'll have a disagreement with your spouse, often over the subject of finances, by the way. And you'll have different points of view and it's very important that you listen to what they are saying, hear them out, then respond with your point of view, have a good exchange, but when the voices start rising and the tempers start flaring, then it's gonna be completely unproductive. If you would just say, I'm sorry, please forgive me, I love you, you'd be amazed at how much good that will do. But here is Moses now, he's in a rage. And now the Lord is going to deal pretty harshly with him. Look at Numbers 20, verse 12. The Lord said to Moses, because you did not trust me enough to demonstrate my holiness to the people of Israel, you will not lead them into the land I am giving them. Moses, you're not going to take him in. It's pretty heavy duty. Moses was on the outside looking in. Years ago, when I was a kid, I was really into reptiles. I was a junior herpetologist. I had every kind of reptile you can imagine, all kinds of snakes and lizards and turtles, and I was obsessed with reptiles. And so for my birthday, I asked my mother to take me to a place called the Alligator Farm. And it was uh, in Buena Park, right next to Knott's Berry Farm. So I invited a bunch of my friends, come for my birthday party at the Alligator Farm. So they all came. And I have to tell you, reptiles are not always the most lively creatures. Uh, a lot of times when you look at an alligator, it looks like it's dead. It just lays there, doesn't do anything unless you put food in front of it. Snakes are often the same way. Same thing with lizards. So we go from cage to cage looking at these giant snakes, these massive alligators who basically all look like they were dead. And uh, so we're out in this one open area where they had the biggest alligator. And right over the fence, you could see Knott's Berry Farm. And they had positioned a ride there that was going back and forth. And all of my friends and I were looking at this ride and we we're all thinking the same thing. Why are we here in the alligator farm looking at dead reptiles when we could be on that ride right now? <laughs> we we're on the outside looking in. And that's how it was going to be for Moses. He was not going to lead the Israelites into the promised land. 
Let me explain why. God holds leaders to a high standard. This is why the Bible says, Be not many teachers, knowing that we shall receive the greater judgment. I take what I do very seriously. Uh, I spend hours prepping and studying, and I want to give you messages that are theologically correct, but also relevant to what you're facing in life. And uh, I figure that my job is not to give you social commentary or political monologues. You can get that watching the news. I feel that my job, and I feel this is true for any pastor or teacher of the Bible, is to give you God's Word. Because I want to reach every person. I want everyone I speak to uh, to come to know God if they don't know Him yet. I want to speak to people of every political background, if you're conservative, if you're independent, if you're liberal. I want to tell you what the Bible says. I want to reach people of every race. I want to reach people of every age. My purpose is to call people to Christ and get them grounded in the Scripture. And by the way, that's called the Great Commission. What is the Great Commission? It's to go into all the world and preach the gospel and make disciples of all nations, teaching them all things that Christ has taught us, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So my job, if you will, my calling as a pastor and an evangelist is to proclaim the gospel to you, tell you how to come into a relationship with Jesus, and then help you get grounded in the Word. But the Lord wants me to do what He calls me to do. And so Moses was not doing what the Lord had called him to do. It's great to have you join us today for a new beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie. Pastor Greg is offering some practical insights from an event in the life of Moses by way of the series Water, Fire, Stone. Let's continue. You know, you can't selectively pick and choose the things in the Bible you want to follow. Jesus said, you are my friends if you do whatsoever I command you. Now, we might say, well, I like this part of the Bible and this other part of the Bible, but this one part of Scripture, I don't know if I agree with that. No, Jesus said, if you do whatsoever, I command you. He didn't say, whatsoever you find easy or whatsoever you personally agree with. And by the way, who are you to offer an opinion on the Bible? This is absolute truth. Well, I'm not so sure I believe that. Like, uh, who cares what you think? The Bible is right. And we need to align our thoughts with what the Scripture teaches. And so Moses obeyed the Lord in some areas, but not in others. And here's another reason why God told Moses to speak to the rock and not to strike it. In Scripture, the rock is a picture of God Himself. Scripture refers to Him as our rock and our salvation. 2 Samuel 23, 32 says, "'Who is God except the Lord?' but our God who was a solid rock. Jesus said to Peter, upon this rock I will build my church. And that was right after Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. So God is a rock. Jesus is our rock. In fact, in 1 Corinthians 10, it says they all drank the same spiritual drink and they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them and the rock was Christ. So in the Old Testament, this idea of a rock, it's a picture of God. So when Moses struck the rock twice, he was doing something that should not be done. Listen, Jesus has already been struck once. 
He's already been crucified for you. You don't have to go back and strike Him again. Let me put it another way. You don't have to get born again, again, and again, and again, and again. Jesus already died for your sins and rose from the dead. And if you've asked Him to come into your life, He's forgiven you. And if you haven't done that yet, I'll tell you how in a few moments. So now you need to accept that forgiveness. And that was the problem. Moses was violating a very important symbol. Point number three. Bad decisions bring bad consequences. Bad decisions bring bad consequences. Because of what he did, he was not able now to enter the promised land. Have you ever said or done something you regretted? In fact, right after you said it, you thought, why did I just say that? Should have never said that. Or after you did that thing, you thought, oh, if only I could relive that moment. What would Eve had given for another chance uh, before the tree in the Garden of Eden? What would David have given for another chance to relive that night when he laid lustful eyes on Bathsheba? Yeah, unfortunately, we can't go back and change the past, but I have one more point. God gives second chances. Because I'm talking to somebody right now who is messed up. Somebody who has crossed the line. Someone who has said or done something they're ashamed of. But here's the good news. God gives second chances. See, what happened here with Moses is not the whole story. And your whole story is not done yet either. Moses' story is recorded in Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11 is the hero's hall of faith. Great men and women that trusted God. And the thing they all had in common was they put their faith into action. And as you read the account of Moses, and for that matter, all of the people in Hebrews 11, no record is made of their mistakes. All we have is a record of their faith in action. Hebrews 11, 27 says, By faith Moses left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who is invisible. By faith, he kept the Passover, an application of blood, so the destroyer of the firstborn would not touch the firstborn of Israel. Wait a second. Uh, that's not the whole story of Moses. Where's the story of when Moses killed the Egyptian? Where's the story of when Moses lost his temper and broke the commandments of God? Where's the story of when Moses hit the rock twice? It's not there. And the reason it's not there is given there in Hebrews 11. It's because he applied the blood. Remember the Passover? The Lord said to the Israelites, I want you to take the blood of a lamb that you've slain and I want you to apply that blood over the doorpost of your house on the left, on the right, and on the top. And if you think about it, it makes a perfect cross. And when I see the blood, the Lord says, I'll pass over. So they applied the blood and because the blood was applied, the judgment of God did not come on their firstborn. So Moses applied the blood, and he was under the blood. You say, I don't even know what you're talking about with all this bloody stuff. See, Jesus died for your sin. And once you've asked him to forgive you of your sin, you need to accept the fact that you are forgiven. You don't have to keep going back and reliving your past over and over again or try to offer some kind of penance for your sin. He offered everything for your sin. He paid for your sin. He died for your sin. And if you've asked him to come into your life, he's forgiven you. And if you've messed up, he'll forgive you and give you a second chance. 
First John 1 John 1.9 says, If we will confess our sin, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Listen to this. Moses did make it into the promised land ultimately. You might say, no, Greg, actually, you're wrong. The record here says that he was on the outside looking in. He did not lead the Israelites into the promised land. I know that's what that record says, but there's another record in the New Testament. Remember when Jesus was transfigured? The Bible says that Peter, James, and John were there. And the Lord just shined like the sun. And there were two other people with him. Do you remember who they were? It was Elijah and Moses. They were in the promised land, in effect. So Moses did ultimately make it in to the promised land. I know he stumbled and fell. I know he messed up, but that was not the end of the story. And it's not the end of your story either. Ultimately, Moses finished his race well. I love the description the Bible gives of Moses. He's called Moses the man of God. What greater thing could be said about you? You're the man of God. You're the woman of God. If we were to go and interview your family members and ask them this question, is your dad a man of God? Is your sister a woman of God? What would they say? Moses was a man of integrity, are you? David is described as a man after God's own heart. You go, well, wait, wait. Moses murdered some dude and David committed adultery and also, in effect, murdered a man. How can you say David's a man after God's own heart? And how can you say Moses is a man of God? The same way that I can say I'm a man of God or you're a man or woman of God because we've applied the blood in our life and we've been forgiven by Jesus Christ. Listen, God is not done with you. Jesus is that rock that was broken for you. He died on that cross for your sin and he will forgive you. I know you have this idea of God is out to get you. You say, God is mad at me. Correction, God is mad about you. God loves you. And no matter what you've done, he'll forgive you right now. So let me close with this. Are you sure right now that if you were to die, you would go to heaven? If not, would you like to be sure? Would you like Jesus Christ who walked this earth 2,000 years ago and he lived our life and he died our death and then he rose again. Would you like Jesus to come and live inside of your heart as your Savior and Lord? Listen, Jesus says, Behold, I stand at the door and I knock and if you'll hear my voice and open the door, I will come in. And this can happen for you right here, right now. Your story is not over. You can come into a relationship with God. You say, Greg, you have no idea what I've done. No, I don't. But I do know what he's done for you, what Christ has done. He's paid the price for your sin. Now it's time to apply the blood. You go, I don't know what that means. It means that you come to God and say, Lord, I'm a sinner. I'm sorry for my sin. But I believe Jesus died on the cross in my place. And now I want him to come and live inside of me. And he will. In a moment, I'm gonna pray a prayer that I would like you to pray with me. And if you want Jesus to come into your life, if you want him to forgive you of your sin, if you wanna know that you will go to heaven when you die, or if you need to make a recommitment to Christ, just pray this prayer. In fact, you could pray it out loud if you like, but just pray it with me. Pray these words. 
Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner, but I know that you're the Savior who died on the cross for my sin and rose again from the dead. I turn from that sin now. I apply the blood and I receive your forgiveness. Thank you for hearing this prayer and answering this prayer. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Pastor Greg Laurie with an important prayer with those making a change in their relationship with the Lord today. And if you've just prayed with Pastor Greg and made a decision for Christ, we'd like to offer you Pastor Greg's New Believers Growth Packet, along with some other helpful resources. Just ask for it when you call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. And the team would love to pray with you too. Call 1-800-772-936 today. Next time on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie brings us another message based on the life of Moses, where we see the power of one, how one person can make a world of difference when heaven is guiding and empowering. Today's message from Pastor Greg Laurie was called On the Outside, Looking In. If you'd like to listen again, just download the free Vision Christian Media app where it's available as a podcast, along with more inspiring Christian content. Just search your app store for Vision Christian Media. Station sponsor. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.